You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Welcome to the next Trek podcast. Every week we break down the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier. My name is Tyler. And my name is Chris. This week we're going to be discussing the fifth episode of Star Trek Discovery titled Choose Your Pain. Here is the official summary from CBS. While on a mission, Lorca unexpectedly finds himself in the company of prisoner of war Starfleet Lieutenant Ash Tyler and notorious intergalactic criminal Harry Mudd. Burnham voices her concerns about the repercussions of the spore drive jumps on Ripper. All right, so uh, we're going to dive right, right into uh, the uh, the recap of the episode. Uh, so let's let's do this. I think the most important thing to notice is it's just you and me today, Chris. Yeah, oh, that's right. We don't. This is this is us. I mean, no this guests. is the first time that, since we've started our, our recaps that yeah, it's just the two of us. Yeah, I'm. Ex- Are you okay with that? I, well, I'm. Yes, I'm okay with that. It's wonderful to have guests on. It was great. If you have not listened to our interview that we did last week, oh man, uh, you just need to go to listen to that. It was wonderful. It was a great time to be able to spend. Uh, and uh, anyway, so I can't recommend that episode uh, more. Please go go check that episode out. But it's nice just to be able to talk with just us, me and you. We, yeah. We haven't got a chance to do this yet. We've had a guest every week uh, except for the first two that we did. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be good. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm pumped. And and I think this is the right episode to do that with. This is – there's – we were talking a, a little bit before. This is, I think, a very straightforward plot. Yeah. It's not too crazy. There's a rescue mission, and, and they're trying to figure out – uh, you know, what to do with the tardigrade. Yeah. But this is a deep episode in a lot of other ways. And so I think it's time. It's setting up a lot. There's a lot of, of set Oof. dressing, I think here. This is, um, we're starting to see where, where discovery is going. You know what I mean? We're yeah. getting in the groove. Yep. hundred percent. Well, uh, let's, let's kick it off yeah. and we'll kind of do what we do. So let's do it. We, we start out and, and we're in kind of this weird dream sequence and it's, it's you know, swooping throughout the different areas of discovery and, and then they get into engineering and Burnham is sitting at the controls uh, of engineering and then we look over and she's in the, I don't know what you call it, the containment room where they've been, you know, uh, experimenting on the tardigrade, yeah. I can think of a better word, uh, and and you know, the, the needles jab into her that the same needles that jab into the tardigrade. And then she begins just screaming like crazy. And then she wakes up. And I think it's important to mention too, that there are two versions of her, right? There's oh, true, true. Yeah. It's not, not that she moves. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't move. She, she's actually behind the controls and also yep. in the containment unit. Yeah. So she's doing it to herself. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, that's important to, to note. Cause I think we may see, um, something similar, uh, doubles. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I feel like doubles and uh, people who you who you don't know who they are, why they're there. There's a lot of that happening in this episode. So oh, this episode, I think, uh, and especially with with something that we're going to talk about later. Yes, I think that this foreshadows it, this foreshadows very much on the nose about some things, yeah. and then I think it hints at some other things. Yes, totally. I I gotta say, and, and this is just I, I guess our first time to talk about it here. I think that this episode. And and Star Trek Discovery has done this up until this point. I think I've been forgiving of it. This episode is very on the nose yeah. and very heavy handed about some things. I was going to say it's very, and I kind of don't like it's it. It's very poorly written. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are so many stereotypical, uh, just kind of story beats that. Yeah, you know, they're even the uh, the line. You know, it's not you, it's me. 
It was in there. And what? Nobody has called that out and, until he just took it? Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. That kind of seemed lazy. Uh, there's just a lot of like lazy script uh, yep. writing, lazy kind of dialogue that I just did not really appreciate all that much. There were moments that I felt like could have been a lot more weighty and interesting, yep. but they were ruined by some what I would call this poor writing. Um, I don't think it's the acting. It I just think it's poor writing, honestly. No, I really think that they're acting. I think that the cast is is stellar. I think they're acting their way through a lot of this stuff. And and now that we're, this is you know five episodes into it. I think now some of the the weakness is is starting to show. Yeah. And I think I said this last time. It, it's a little bit of, it's like they want an HBO story and production value, but a CBS level writing. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 they're not, and I now I mean, we're starting to see a little bit of the TVMA stuff, uh, where they're going with that. And uh, my question, oh, we are going to have yeah, some words about that in a minute, some literal words. Um, oh, man. and the question is, is, are, are, are they earning it? Like is, is what they're no. doing? Is it deserving of what they're trying to go after? And I think I no. agree with you at this moment. No, uh, they're, they're, they're doing it the wrong way. In my opinion, yeah. in a lot of these things, all right, let's keep, let's keep moving. Otherwise we're going to, or, or let's say what you're going to say, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just, no, 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 it's, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to all it. right. Uh, so we, you know, we get to the, the the crux of the Michael Burnham part of the episode, which is she is worried about what's happening to the tardigrade. Right. Um, the tardigrade is much like what I said is so on the nose earlier. You know, she's she's worried about um, the pain that they're causing it. Yes. It is. Uh, it's deteriorating rapidly in its condition. Where you know she's really worried about that, and um, she talks to Dr. Culver about that. Yeah. And and they run some tests. Yes. And so I, I think legitimate concerns. I think that we did not need that that dream sequence at the beginning because we're about to have this scene. Yes. You know, I, I think it was so on the nose. They're liking their little teasers at the beginning. I, I do see that. But, you know, because normally it would have gone to a, a commercial break probably. You know, we would have hit that and then, you know, cold open, quick commercial, and then we move on. I just, it, it is so on the nose. Much like later we're going to get Saru's uh threat ganglia popping out, you know, just as, as Michael Burnham walks into the room and he whips his head around and stares at her. I'm like, you, we already know this. We already know that they have tension. You don't need his weird stuff, you know, popping out and his weird stuff. popping and- out. I agree with you. <laughs> ne- never do I ever need anybody's weird stuff popping out. No, but I, I agree with you. Yes. This it's all redundant. Very redundant. So, yeah. Ugh, so on the nose. Yeah. Um, so then we, we shift. Uh, Captain Lorca is, is at Starfleet command I actually really liked this stuff uh, in general. I did uh, there a couple, couple pauses, but we see that he's off um, at Starfleet command, giving us a, I think a strategic report or a tactical report. I we think he finding... calls it, I think he calls it later in the episode, a strategy session. I think right, they're, a strategy they're, session. they're talking yeah. about how to best use the fleet and also right. how, what discoveries role needs to be right now. Right. And they've sent off, th- this blows a, a hole a little bit in our, our theory of how they're going to wrap up the whole discovery problem in the timeline, right. is that they've now sent schematics back to Iowa, and Iowa is making spore drives. Right. Yeah, they're quickly, so, they're quickly trying to duplicate what is inside of discovery. Right. Which makes sense. Sure. I mean, the, war you effort. would be if you're winning a war. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah, I, I like it. This is all just that setup stuff, and and I think it's it's good, and we'll get into more conversations about that in a second. But, um, but then we've got Michael Burnham having lunch with Tilly, and Michael Burnham is depressed, and once again Tilly is delightful. Yes, uh, she and Mer- and Michael Burnham have a wonderful conversation about uh, how 
Tilly is not annoying Michael Burnham, even though she clearly is. And right. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah. And she, I, this is where that happens, where she says, it's not you, it's me. Um, and Tilly's just basically like, well, listen, if, if you're going to be my friend, be my friend. And I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to bug you until you say I'm not your friend anymore. Because it happens yeah. all the time. But I just, I want to be with you. You know what I mean? Well, and we are having this conversation. We're going to talk about this. You're going to, right. you know, we're going to have lunch or whatever she says. I like that. You I, know, I, the, Tilly will not let her in, be. Infinitely charming. When she sits down and says, yeah. let's have lunch. And they're literally already having lunch. Yes. That was, that was, that was kind of funny and quirky. And, and I kind of enjoyed it, even though it's silly. Uh, yeah. I, I, yes, it's charming. No doubt. Yeah. It, it's great. And, and I, again, not, yeah, I'm gonna have a problem with Tilly in a minute, but, but <laughs> in general, uh, it's not her fault. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think that we, we're seeing more of this character development. It's not all serious. It's not all, uh, you know, somber looks and, and threat ganglia and things like that. We, we do see people uh, who are, um, who are together. And, and even, even um, now I can't remember if it was the preview or if it was in the episode where Tilly calls her, her mentor, you know, she's just adopted Michael Burnham, you know, right. Who does not want to be her mentor. Yes. You know, I, I think it's great. Um, so then we, we, we flip back. We see Lorca um, applying medicine to his eyes once more on the nose, even though we knew that this was a problem of his. But, you know, maybe they're dealing with somebody who's, who's just tuning in and they want to they make sure that we remember that this is a problem that he has. Well, it becomes, it becomes important later in the episode. Uh, it does. That he, he is sensitive to light. Well, they have the discussion that needs to be discussed. I, uh, it's Lorca and Admiral Cornwell. Yes. They sit and have the discussion that needs to, to be had. You know, Lorca has has brought the only, you know, the only star, only mutineer onto his ship and is using her and he's allowed to, it's not that Cornwall is saying he can't, but dude, aren't you making it easier or aren't you making it too hard on yourself by having this, this mutineer aboard? Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious that he is, he is an outcast. Uh, it's yeah. obvious that he does the, Federation or at least Starfleet's dirty work is what this seems like. He is willing to go the mile that most other captains are not willing to go. Yeah. Uh, So I think that's what the the reputation he has is he's brutal. He is willing to do the thing no one else is willing to do. He's willing to, you know, be the rogue and the outcast and he doesn't care what anybody else thinks about him except Cornwell, Admiral Cornwell is trying to at least, rein him in and say, you know, are you sure? Because yeah. what you're doing with Burnham is bad for morale. Like general, it's gotten out that she's there. So if, if she's not paying for what she's done, aren't we kind of setting a really bad precedent? Um, yeah. Yeah. And he could just say, no, have you seen her? She is definitely paying for what she's done. She's beating herself up enough. Don't worry. Right. Uh, we, we also, I think this is important. Um, well, I, I, you tell me what you think. I, jumping just slightly ahead, when we find out Lorca's background a little bit, yes. Do you think? Do you think the discovery? Because so what we find out is that Lorca, um, Lorca destroyed his own ship, yes, in order to save his people from being tortured on on Kronos. That's going to be revealed later in in a prison cell. Um, do Do you think being on the Discovery is is there? way of of punishing him for that i mean you're staying out of the way you're i mean i'm trying to figure out how a got how a captain who would blow up his own ship and survive yes which that makes no sense to me how he would be rewarded with super secret special mission well it just depends on what he was doing on that ship and what his you know what, what are we we're six months into this war is that correct yeah 
Yeah, six or seven now, I think. So this yeah. happened just a few months ago. So, right. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not totally sure. It would, it would, it sure seems like a quick turnaround from what would seem to be a devastating event right. to him getting a new command and moving on. So those are questions I don't think we've, we've quite, we, we can't answer quite yet as to why he okay. was given, given the discovery. Obviously, there's a reason why. And I think a, sure. a lot of it has to sure. do with the fact that he is just, He's willing to do what it takes, even if it is a hard choice, even if it is. And he's ruthless. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah. And I don't I, ruthless. I see this the thing. We just don't know what the because right now we're imagining worst case scenario, which is that's true. That's like true. he got into a shuttlecraft all by himself, got away, saw this this happen. And he was like, well, they're going to die. So yeah. I'm going to blow up the ship. Right. It, the circumstances could we, we I'm, I have a feeling we're going to revisit this. This is probably sure. going to be a flashback episode or something. And then we'll all get like, oh, okay, I understand why he did that now. And I think once you're set, just like Michael Burnham is, once you're yeah. cast as the outcast, it's hard to redeem yourself from that in people's sure. eyes. So what I think Lork is doing is he's kind of just kind of, I don't know, shouldering into that. He's just saying, okay, I'm the outcast. Yep. I'm going to play that role. And uh, I'm going to be yeah, even I'm gonna more stand brutal. in my darkened office right. behind my desk with my tribble. And, and yeah. I think that's what's happening here is that he he did something that caused him to be the outcast of Starfleet. And so now he's just going to play into that role and allow that and see where that gets him. And I don't, yeah. I'm not sure that he likes that. I'm not sure. He, and we'll talk about a little more about some things he does in this episode that kind of made me yeah. feel like I don't like you very much at all Oof, for what you're yeah. doing right now. Um, yep. So I don't know. There's just, there's a lot there. So we'll see. But I don't think we can answer that question quite yet until we've seen the actual circumstances of him destroying his ship with all hands on board. Sure, sure. Well, so, you know, kind of going, uh, filling in the blanks to what we just uh, yeah. alluded to, Lorca is on his way back to the Discovery and he is uh, captured by the Klingons. Yes. Which... That whole thing, I mean, it was, yeah, he needed to be captured. That's, that's a plot thing. Worst, worst red shirt ever. Like <laughs> that we've, the guy, the guy stood directly in front of the door yeah. and was taken out without getting a shot fired off. Yes. Like they couldn't, wow. They couldn't get one Klingon. They couldn't kill one Klingon in this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. But um, it's, it's fine. It, it, he needed to be captured. That's, that's okay. Um, yeah. But we should say it was not just from random Klingons and it's not just a random no, Klingon um, that, that takes him. It is huge. Yeah. It's Laurel who we've seen. Laurel. I mean, she literally is the one who grabs Lorca. She is on this. I mean, I don't know if you realize that. I mean, I, I don't think I realized well, that that was her. I, I'm, sure? no, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Cause it's, it's her white uh, uniform. I can go back and watch it yeah. again. But sure. anyway, it's, this is, this is her ship at the very least. She is the captain. It definitely is. Of this ship. Yeah. So it's not just any random Klingon that is found. This is this is the the Klingons that we have been following up until this point, uh, who have who have gotten a hold of of Captain. Yeah, yeah. and and that begs the question. Yes. You know, how last when last we saw Laurel? Yes. She was on the Shenzo with Volk, and suddenly you know, and we are three. I think we know there th we're three weeks later than the last episode at least. I or, think they or say two. Weeks. I think they say two, two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, we know so it, it may be longer than that because in in the in the briefing with Starfleet the Starfleet commanders Lorca is yeah. talking about it's been two weeks since we've but they had done I think two missions that we've not heard of like they they did okay. two things that we we weren't present for so it may be okay. two three four weeks something like that it's been a, sure. a period of time yeah well we know it no more than no more than one month because I think he said the Battle of the Binary Stars was seven months ago right now so no more than that at least yes and that's true I. Um, 
Well, so uh, this this begs the question. Yes. So how how is Outcast Laurel suddenly the captain of the ship? Right now, she we know that they were going to her house, House Mokai, uh-huh. um, and she was with Volk. Yes, yeah, isn't that so that, that isn't that interesting? Yeah. Volk, that is very interesting. Volk and Laurel both uh, head back to her house, mm-hmm. um, and uh, as we learn later on, her house is well known for being a spy house. So they yeah, watchers, deceivers and weavers of lies, I think is what she calls it in the last episode. Yeah, and she she uh she knows how to speak English. Um which do we know is that a new thing? Like I, I she cannot have just learned that in the last no. like 3 weeks. No, it's so not, it's she, not new. she speaks really well. Yeah, no, very well. So anyway, just interesting. I know we're skipping ahead a little bit here, but I think just just this the, this is not full coincidence here no they they've they they've had some sort of information that the shuttlecraft yeah. carrying uh the captain would be traveling back to the discovery and this might be a good time to intercept it and uh and and get uh Lorca on on their uh, on their little prison ship as they call it right yeah I, and i think this is yeah, this is huge yes. and, and yeah we're gonna we're gonna get into some deeper stuff with this i think as well in a little bit so um we also we also meet uh, this this really nice guy called Harcourt Fenton Mudd. Yes, yeah, yeah, and I love it. Played by Rain Wilson. Yeah, no, oh. I, I I actually I really liked his stuff here. Uh, obviously, he has to be back. I'm sure he's coming back. I think for maybe yeah. two or three more episodes or whatever. Um, I thought I heard nine, but really, I, but I yeah, but I I thought I heard. It was now I could just really be remembering badly. I okay. thought I remembered he's in the first nine episodes, but we, you know, we're in episode five, so maybe it's the back nine. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Um. So we cannot have seen the last of Harcourt Fenton. But. No, no. But anyway, we meet him here, and yeah. uh, he is obviously, as he describes himself, a survivor. Uh, yes. He is. He's got a story that he tells Captain Lorca. I'm not exactly sure it can be believed or not, but basically he is. Yeah. He's a scoundrel. He gets what he wants, and oftentimes, like where he is now, he gets in trouble for it and uh, tries to find a way to survive. So yeah, yeah. And he he we we learn that he's in love with with a woman named Stella, who we met later, or we will meet later on in in the original series. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Um, is he buffoonish enough for you? You know, he, is he Roger C. Carmel? Is he buffoonish enough? I don't care. Um, okay. I, look, I, I understand what they're, I, what I've done is completely just divorced myself from <laughs> this being actual canon. They say okay. it is, but this yeah. is just their different. This is, this is their version. This is what we all loved about JJ Abrams universe. They had like a, like a MacGuffin that got yeah. them so that they could like rewrite history. Yep. There is no MacGuffin in this particular Star Trek. They're just, no. they're just going to rewrite history, and it's fine. I'm fine yeah. with it. I do, I just, I don't care. But, but this may also be a different. This may be a different universe altogether. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there's oh, a little bit yeah. of a hint later in the episode that oh, perhaps yeah. th- this may not actually be the Starfleet we know, man. We might I be know. we and, might oh. be somewhere that we we weren't expecting, and I, I'm hoping yeah. that that's where we're going with this. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And we will. Yeah, we'll oof, we will go down that rabbit <laughs> hole. I I think Green Wilson was superb in this. I really do. Um, I I actually think he was silly enough. Yeah. To to do it, you know, he he's got a, a bug named Stuart. 
you know, and I, I think that's hilarious. And yeah. he did such a good job and he was genuine. He was not as mustache twirly as I thought he would be. Um, you know, we might see that later on, but I think he's, this isn't the sixties. You know, I, right. I think this would be one of those interpretations that's, that's just like we don't have the big bright colored uh, jellies or whatever they call it, the gumdrops on the, you know, the stations, the consoles and stuff like that. Right. Which are, you know, super bright colors, you know, technicolor. We now get just a, a, a modern interpretation of Harry Mudd. And I think Rain Wilson just knocks it out of the park. I, we'll see. I think from the previews, he does look way more mustache twirly than I want him to be. Yeah. But we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to see more of him. Yeah, I agree. So uh, we slightly skipped over, you know, we, Saru and, and um, the Discovery learn about the, the abduction. We get then Saru planning to, to scour Klingon space for Lorca. And he, we get a second to take a look into Saru's psyche a little bit, where he goes into the, the captain's uh, ready room. And then he does a quick search for captains with the best service records to kind of... Yeah. Uh, to pre-analyze himself, to set up, you know, now record all of my actions and and I'm going to compare myself to um, the likes of Robert, A- Robert April, uh, Matthew Decker, Jonathan Archer, Christopher Pike, and of course, Philippa Giorgio. Right. These are the most decorated captains in Starfleet history up to this point. And that's what he asked right. the computer for, right? Those are the, the five names yeah. that it spits out at him. And some of those names are, are fairly familiar, I think. Yeah. I, I, all of them should be. Robert April's maybe the most obscure out of all of them, but uh, I, I Philippa Giorgio, you know, we're we're once again skipping over the fact that we haven't ever heard of her after this and is never listed among any of the other captains, you know, in history of the best service records. But of course, she's included here. Right. Yeah. We're going to say that's the computer knowing who's asking and, and tailoring her response to that. Like Siri would. <laughs> right. Uh, sure. Robert April is, do you, do you know Robert April? Is this, is this, was that too deep of a cut for you? Well, I had to look it up because I knew obviously that there was a reason why it was there. So no, I did not know yeah. who that was on, upon first view of before. Yeah. When I first saw it, I was like, oh man, I don't know who that is. So yeah, man, I, I, that's one. He's the con- you know one of those big contended people in canon. Um, his own, <clears throat> excuse me, his only appearance in all of Star Trek was in the Counterclock Incident, um, the last episode of the original series. We meet him, and you know, and so people debate whether that's canon. Right. Um, he was the original captain of the Enterprise right. of of the Enterprise that we know from the original series. Right. And then, of course, Archer. We get Archer. One of the very few references ever in canon that we get to him. Um, and. Uh, beyond Enterprise, obviously, and Matthew Decker, who we met in um, the Doomsday Machine, and Pike, and all this. Other. Pike, which it's weird that he's already the most decorated officer because he's still captain of the Enterprise, but I think it's cool. Well, yeah, even when we meet him, though, in uh, well, I guess you're right. I guess there's been ten years, but when we meet him in the uh, the J.J. Abrams verse, you know, yep. he is fairly well decorated, True. about to become an admiral or is an admiral at that point. Yeah. So yeah, and I guess that makes kind of sense right yeah i think those are good nods kind of like we talked about before good nods to canon that does that i don't think that they distract i think they actually you know um, totally add to the story they weren't they weren't stupid like we didn't get uh you know a, a old picture of of william shatner on the screen as you know this is this is you know young lieutenant kirk who seems to be very promising yeah we didn't get some stupid thing like that right um so i I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they do with the rest of that, uh, with with little things like that to see how they drop those in. True. 
True, true. So we, uh, let's see. Oh, well, we get to the, the title of our episode. You know, we get back to the Klingon ship and uh, Mud and Mud and Lorca are uh, kind of forced to, to stand to their feet and a Klingon comes in and, and shouts, choose your pain. I mean, Harry I mean, it's more like, yeah, is what it kind of is. Oh, yeah, because once again, they cannot speak through their Dagon prosthetics. Well, Although, uh, this is the first Lorel time, does a good job. This is the first time we've heard them speak English, though, right? True. True. Uh, Maybe. I think other than Takuvma saying we come in peace, but yeah. Okay, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, so this, it, my, my wife looked at me and said, what did he just say? And I was like, I, yeah. I think he said, choose your pain based on the yeah. title of the episode, but I. Right, that's what I did too. I, I we, we had to rewind it though. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so then Mud points to the, to this other prisoner who, We've we've just seen him. He's like huddled in the corner, and Mud said he's out to lunch. Right. Uh, you know, he's like whimpering in the corner. They lift him up, beat him to death in front of Lorca and Mud, brutally, and then drag him out. Yeah, brutally beat him to death. But you know, bash his face in with uh, with yep. their boots. It is, yeah, it's brutal. This is where we get our TVMA. One of the reasons we have our TVMA <laughs> yeah. this week. Uh, and uh, okay, so compared to we, uh, you know are inside out humans and stuff like that on the, on the Glen yeah. that we saw a couple episodes ago. Was this worth it? Uh, you know, our, our guest a couple weeks ago, Steven was saying um, it wasn't worth it. That was, that was dumb to have that, that TVMA for just inside out people. Was this worth it? Did that, did that um, give us the gravity or the stakes that we needed? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that this is the jo- <laughs> I don't know if this alone would make a TVMA, uh, except for like the fake blood they added in after. Right. Um, Maybe the the final kick to the face where it breaks his neck. Maybe that one. Yeah. I just don't. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, they could have done that and told the story just as effectively without it. So no, it's, it is, it's not neat. It's not needed. It isn't. Yeah. I don't think it added anything to see the actual boot going into the head and the blood coming out of it. I don't think that's, it's not necessary. no, I don't think it's necessary either. I think this is another one of those times where they are they're pushing the boundary to push the boundary without yep. needing it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, totally. So uh, we uh, mud, you know, basically indicates here. Hey, I am out for myself. I'm going to I'm going to point at whoever I need to point to to get a beating other than myself. Yes. Um, and hey, Lorca, you better stick with me because hey, we're both survivors. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Which indicates he knows who Lorca is. Well, I yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's possible. It's but we well, there's a lot of ambiguity. He he just might be so. trying to butter butter up whoever the next person is, you know what I mean? Like that's what, we, sure. that's what you'd say to somebody you were in that situation with like, "Hey buddy, we're survivors." You know what yeah. I mean? Stick with me. I'm not totally sure that Mud knows of Lorca. Maybe he's heard of him, but well, he's the well. No, he's the one who tells the story. He he knows who Lorca is for sure. But I don't know if at that point he knew Lorca's name. I, I guess at, he probably would have said his his name. Tells to the him, story but, of what? Sorry, remind me. Uh, he's the one who tells the story of Lorca's um, ship blowing up and him being the only survivor. It's actually Mud who reveals it. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, which we'll yeah we'll get to to that a little bit more. Yeah, um, totally. So we then get into our we get into our Michael Burnham story for the week. This is a lot of uh, there's a lot of Lorca in here, which I like. We've we've needed to get some more Lorca on his own away from being the Bond villain in the shadows to being a human and and actually being a captain, which I like. You know, he's he's a little bit closer to Kirk in this way. Yes. He's off on his own and has to escape. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, 
there Burnham has problems with how they're treating the tardigrade. You know, she's they're torturing it. They need a workaround. They need to get away to to do what they need to do with the spore drive without torturing this creature. And I think that's very Star Trek. Yes. It's a very Star Trek plot. I do still think it's the same plot as last week. You know, it, that that thing came up and and uh and I actually I think that this would have been a better this week's would have been a better name for it. You know, the butcher's knife cares not for the lamb's cry. They are using the butcher's knife now and Saru is is not supposed right. to care for the lamb's cry. Right. You know? I know you're right. Yes, that's absolutely right. It is odd. I hadn't thought of it until but, you mentioned it, but yes. But then we do have somebody else who chooses his pain later. So I guess it, it does work. It's just, yeah. Right. Um, weird stray observation. I, I thought that Dr. Culver was the CMO. I thought he was the chief medical officer, but he's not. Because he's going to go help the chief medical officer with an androidian uh, tonsillectomy. Huh. No, I didn't. Android. Not. Sorry. Uh, Andorian. Andorian. I was like, Andorian doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> Andorian. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that either. That's what he says. Huh? The chief medical officer. Yeah. I rewound it too because I, I. I was like, no, we haven't met another doctor. Why? Why would he be the only doctor that we ever see? But yeah, apparently he's he's not the doctor. The main doctor. He's he's a assistant. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I I had not caught that. That's that is very strange. Uh. Yeah. And and yeah. That's which is fine. We'll see more of Doctor Culver in in a little bit. I think. Uh, we we then they they go together so so uh, Culver and Michael Burnham go talk to Stamets and say hey we need to deal with how we are we're treating this tardigrade let's figure out how to handle it and Stamets really rips into Burnham on this one um, I I thought his line you say Portobello I say Portobello was stupid and another example by the way of um, of this 21st century writing for a 23rd century person. Yes. Yes. By the way, Star Trek has already made that joke. That's a tomato tomato joke that data makes later on. And it's weird, but it works because he's a fungal expert. Yeah. But whoever says port of, Oh man, that is not. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. They did that. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I hated it. I was so mad. Oh, because this is it not was, this is not a saying portabella portabello does, does it's not that's not a thing that you say it's funny because he's a mushroom guy because he's see now i did not make that connection Ugh, wow man it, this is this mm. is the hard-hitting stuff that you guys listen to the podcast for is yeah this kind of <laughs> observation oh man okay yeah that's bad it's real bad it's real <laughs> bad and <laughs> I, and I, again, I do not think it is Anthony Rapp's acting. I, I think he really is acting well. It's it's these lines that he keeps getting fed. It's the yeah, um, yeah. the shut up, you know, from last it was last week or two weeks ago. It's all of this other stuff, and I'm just it's ta- it really is taking me out of it. It's, mm. They're going from great um, um, discussions between Saru and Michael Burnham, and that are really elevated in their level. Even Rain Wilson, you know, Mud, Harry Mud is not the most ridiculous character for lines on this show. Sure. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. It is it is yeah. a little telling. It is. Yeah. So, and we'll see much more of him in a in a bit. Uh <laughs> we meet Ash Tyler finally. I, I mentioned him last week. Yeah. The, this is the guy that's been in the credits and we haven't seen for a while. And and I did or, not write down or, his name. Or, or or have we seen him? Oh. 
Oh, you're bringing this up now. Let's do it. No, 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 right. no, no, no. Let's nope. let's not let's not do it now. Nope. But yeah. So no, but here here's the weird weird thing about this character's introduction. He just literally okay. shows up in the cell, and the, that's true. The first thing that the captain says, Lorca says to him, is, "Oh, I didn't know somebody else was in here." Um, acting as if he had been in this room the entire time, or they yep. hadn't seen him come or go. He just kind of shows up in the cell. That's odd, isn't it? Isn't that a weird thing? It is odd. Yeah. He is, uh, for especially because there's only one other, yeah, there's one other guy that Mud points to that gets beat. Yes. Uh, he, he's not there. He doesn't stand up. No. Uh, I guess he must have come in uh, when Lorca was taken out and was was interrogated and was- Has this happened um, yet? I thought that comes that comes next, doesn't it? Oh, am I remembering things out of order? Uh, Would you, you uh, maybe perhaps? Uh, oh no, um, you are. I think you're right. I don't think he's been tortured yet. I'm looking at at this. Uh, no, he's not been. You're right. You're right. Um, so somehow Tyler has been. Ash Tyler has been added to uh, Mud and Lorca's cell. We don't know when that happened. Yeah, he just he's been there the he's entire time. There. Yeah behind some pipes mm, that's okay which brings us then okay that for me that deepens it a little bit is mud in right so when you said that he something Lorca knew uh, that he knew about Lorca, i'd, I'd yeah. forgotten that may, maybe he's been fed some information about the fact that they might possibly be getting a high value target his name is Lorca. sure so perhaps find out what you can get him to say some stuff yeah get you know what i mean like hey you know it'd be very valuable to hear what he has to say uh, here are some of ways of maybe being able to do that. And so mm. perhaps they've been prepping mud this entire time, you know, Hey, we'll give you leniency or we'll give you this better type right. of food or whatever it is. Uh, if you get some information out of, uh, out of this captain, if he knew that, I, I don't remember that. So I'm, I just, I might be just, I might be wrong there, but it does seem like perhaps mud may have been in on, on the trying to get information out of him. I, yeah, I think I think he definitely was, and and I, yeah, this sorry, I this really blew my mind that I did not I did not not think of the fact that he wasn't there. I think I had just stuck him. Uh, he literally after he got back. He literally he yeah. See, what, what, here here's the the thing that happens is that you see the Starfleet officer get beaten up, right? Yep. And killed brutally. Yep. And then another one shows up, and so when I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute, did this guy just get like. The same person get like healed and brought back, mm-hmm. maybe, but no. The person that gets mm-hmm. beat up doesn't have a beard, uh, and Tyler does yep. have yep. have a beard. I, I went back yep. and I watched this. So this is completely two separate Starfleet officers. One that gets right. killed, beaten, be- beaten, beaten brutally, and then this one was in there the entire time behind some pipes or right. somehow got in with while they were sleeping. They they were not aware. Right. Lorca and Mud seemingly were not aware of this this other prisoner in the in this little tiny room that they're in that was there this entire time. So anyway, so that's just, that, that that's the first kind of point to a theory that I I I I discovered I thought on my own, and then Tyler uh literally maybe what half an hour ago started sending me yeah. articles that had been written that uh had found this as well and perpetrated yeah. uh, that populated online and i didn't realize that until right now so i've gone back and read a couple of different things but um it's just it this all seems very uh it, it seems too much of a coincidence that yeah. Lorca is captured by laurel 
who was last seen with uh, Volk going yep. to a house that is really good or known for being great spies yep. within the Klingon uh, the Klingon houses. So this house is are full of spies. They're the best of the best. Um, and, um, this, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, do we want to hop into all this, the whole thing? I, I see we might as well. We've, we've led into it pretty well. So let, let's do so it. So the thought is that this Tyler guy is actually Volk, that he has been over the last several weeks that we have not been seeing what's going on. He's gone on, undergone a procedure and has, uh, become human. Basically. He now looks human. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he's gone through a rigorous, one of the things that Laurel says to him at the end of the last episode was you're going to have to give up everything or maybe it was two episodes ago. Whenever that was, we saw them last. No, it was the end of last episode. Yeah. Yep. You're going to have to give up everything. You're going to have to, to just completely let off, let go of everything that you've ever known. And him becoming human would be exactly that. He has now given up everything. And perhaps uh, this is a, a Klingon spy. If it's not Vok, I still think, it's a Klingon spy. Right. Um, it may not be Volk himself, but it's somebody, yeah. Because this is all too convenient. But I have to say, there is a, in this, I can't remember if it's in this scene when they when he first meets, yeah, I think it is. In this scene, he first meets Tyler. They start talking with one another. He offers um, Lorca some food, like a little yep. cracker that he has. And uh, Lorca is very suspicious of him. He says, how can you be in this prison for the last seven months? Because he says right. he was, Tyler claims that he was in the Battle of the Binary Stars. And right. that is when he was uh, taken prisoner by the Klingons. Right. And so Lorca is very suspicious because, A, if 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 that is the case, he, he has survived some crazy stuff over the last yep. six months. Because if he's in a Klingon prison, he's, he doesn't have a scratch on him. He looks fairly you know like he just got out of the shower uh right go ahead sorry what he says it's because you've uh the captain who we find out is laurel has taken a liking to me that's my next point is yeah. he says he literally mm-hmm. admits that he is close to laurel yep literally admits this <laughs> And we know that Volk and her, like, yes, they're close anyway, but they, they had a, they had something happening between them. Yeah, and it's been, yeah. it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. It's been a hard, you know, if, if, if it, if it's to believe that he is actually a, a Klingon spy. Uh, yeah. And so there are other things we'll talk about that uh, in, in, when we go through this, uh, that I will mention as being possible points, but it's just odd. It is an odd yeah. thing that this dude just shows up in the cell. It says that he was in the battle of the binary stars admits that he has a connection with Laurel. Yep. Um, doesn't seem to be, have a scratch on him. So there's just a lot there. And, uh, I don't know. It just seems suspicious to me that he, I don't think he is who we think he is. Um, at the very least, he has more to his story than what he's telling us at the very most. He is Valk undercover, uh, and, uh, and going to try and, uh, and take down the, the discovery, learn everything he can about it. And yeah. uh, blow it up or destroy it or, you know, kill everybody on board, whatever. So we'll see. Yeah. And, and I'll have, I think later on, I think I'll have a counterpoint for you on that one. Although I, I really like this theory because I think it's, it's just cool. Yes. I mean, that's, that's neat. Yes. Please, but, uh, please, please. I love, I love the conspiracy theories. I, I love yeah. shows. So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there's yeah. more there. Yeah. Uh, and this, this does. So if, if this, if your theory is correct, 
I think that this would be another way of dealing with the whole Klingon change and, and the human thing. They probably use the augment virus to change him back. This isn't surgery. Right. They use the virus to do it. Perhaps, so, perhaps. Yeah. Yes. And they, they got to work it in. If they, if it's just surgery, that will ruin it for me. And <laughs> but if it's, they, come on, tie it back. And honestly, you know, this isn't the first time that Klingons have gone undercover. No. As, yes. So, so one of the first times we've ever met that second time, I think trouble with rebels. Right. All, all I really want is if, if he is a Klingon, if, if Ash Tyler is a Klingon agent, I want him to walk into Lorca's ready room and that trouble to freak out. Right. And it will, Oh, I will love it so much. Yes. And they don't know that, you know, right. obviously. So it'll just, yes, that'll confirm it for everybody. And, and I think oh. this is the reason why there's a triple there. It's gotta be, Oh, it, it will make it so much less bond villainy. If, if it's just there, it's his weird pet and we just use it for this. It's right. It's, yeah, I, it's, tribble, it is happening. You know, you, I, I, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. He's going to walk in, and, I'm he, ready. and the tribble's going to be like, bruh, 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 and he's going to be well, like, that's oh, that's weird. so weird. Yeah, why is it? Huh, all right, I'm going to put it over here. Yeah. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. All right, let's see what happens. So we, we get more of, of Mud uh, ranting. I, I really like this speech. I think it was good. Um, rant. This goes with the motif of... Um, of the whole lower decks thing that this series has right. of, you know, Colbert is not the, is not the um, chief medical officer. Um, Burnham is not the captain. We, we, we keep getting things from the lower perspective and, and we get mud who says, Hey, you guys started this war. What about us? Yeah. What about the little guy? Yep. And I like that. I think that it really works. It's a different perspective on Starfleet than we've gotten before. Totally. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think it, it works very nicely and, and even gives us a reason that mud maybe is i wouldn't say that mud hates the federation necessarily but that he would change his sympathies is that he's he's hey he's been in a a clean prison cell because of her or because of Lorca and later on because of burnham if they meet yeah and i think he's just morally he's he's more than willing to bend his alliances you know what i mean so totally i think wherever it it fits him he's probably heard this argument someplace before and now he's here and he's like now I'm just going to repeat this argument because yeah. it's going to really tick you off. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't see him actually believing that. I think he is. He believes himself to be one of the people sure. who is in a ship above everybody else. You know sure. what I mean? So I'm not exactly <laughs> sure he's. He's not really one of the little people. No, he's not at all. He doesn't see himself that way anyway. Sure. So then we get to our. This is the one where I'm going to. I'm going to be really mad. Okay. Just, I'm just going to lay this out. Please. There. So Stamets, Burnham, and Tilly. They're they're trying to figure out how to how to. Um, fix the tardigrade. I, I liked that plot. I, I think that's a great idea. Um, it def, it deals with medical ethics and things which Starfleet is, or Star Trek has always done a good job with. Yeah. Um, they they realize so what they're going to try and do is inject somebody with this uh, DNA that will allow essentially will allow the person to be able to communicate with the spores, yes. much like the tardigrade does. Right. Which leads us to a historic moment. Um, this episode has quite a few historic moments. Yeah, it does. The first one for me, and, and the one that bothered me, the other ones didn't didn't phase me really. This one, we broke the F word, yeah, barrier in Star Trek, yeah, and undeservingly so. It was it was done in a little bit of a, I don't even know, I you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it was not. It wasn't a moment where I felt like it was it needed. It, again, it right. was just it was, it wasn't needed. It really wasn't. Nope. 
No. And, and really we didn't, we barely even worked up to it. There have been a few, you know, the movies did it a little bit more, but they could because it's, it's PG 13, you know, and, and this is TVMA. I mean, so they, so they can, and, and I guess it's going to sound like I'm giving them a double standard here, but I'm, this made Star Trek or, you know, discovery at least potentially not family friendly any longer oh no it's that to me is not star trek yeah well i don't know that star i don't know that star trek ever needs to be family friendly um but you cannot watch this with your kids no 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 no. i don't have kids but you can't watch this with your kids could you watch the original series with your kids trust me when i say it is (laughs) i do not i i i hate this i i think it is i think it's i think it's awful um but uh, what I'm, what I, what I mean by family friendly is, is that that shouldn't be a standard that they like storytelling wise, they shouldn't think, Hey, is this family friendly? Yeah. But just <laughs> storytelling wise, it was is, needless. is it, is it necessary to do this in order to tell the story or are we literally doing it because we can and it it just felt gratuitous to me. It yep. felt, and not only did it want, they didn't do it once, they did it twice, right in a row, yep. and they just to confirm it. Yeah, and, you know? and they just try to be like, "Ooh, look what we can do now!" And it was just, it it was definitely, it was a poor choice. It was a it was yep. a poor choice. I I don't I didn't care for it at all. Even even you know the worst, one of the worst you know moments of swearing in the Next Generation was Picard in French. I mean that's that's as dark i mean yes they've they've had some small things here and there but like that was the worst one it was picard in french for me honestly that goes into this this elevated versus lowered thing again where star trek has always had like i guess is this stupid maybe it's just stupid at least they swore in french and you know in in next generation i don't know well no doesn't data data swears right he's oh he does in in generations yeah and that was the big one when they're about to crash on the planet yep. in generations, you know. So I that that again, I say that really earns it. And that's rated PG, okay? So that earns it. Yeah. I just felt like this if they would have earned it, if if it would have yeah. been worth it. A big situation. Yes. It would have been, you know, huge. The they just you know, right before the Klingon attack in, in the Battle of the Binary Stars or, or or something like that. They didn't earn it. It was gratuitous, it was unnecessary, it was kind of stupid. And like you said and before it was Tilly. Yeah, and, and and like you said before, it just was. It's one of these things where it was it was historic, and and it was kind of a silly thing to be historic about. Like, oh, we yeah. can do this now. Yeah, that was bad. I agree with you. And they, and they wasted it. You know, I I can see it being. And I am, by the way, in no, I am in no way a, a, a prude or anything like this. Like I. Yeah, I lived with football players in college. Like, trust me, I, I was I was in marching band. Watch out, you know that, those guys are salty <laughs> oh, yeah. right there. Marching you know band. the band guys. Yeah. But uh, but you know I, that that doesn't bother me. In fact, I'm usually the guy when people are complaining about swearing in a movie where I'm just like, oh, they were swearing a lot. Yeah. Um, which good or bad, there's that. But uh, this was so out of place. It was so out of place. Yeah. No. No. Here's the deal. Like, you've been comparing a lot of the stuff to game of thrones and i think what they're doing here is uh you know hbo has the standard in which they want to push the envelope um and i i think the reason why this is on cbs all access and the reason why they did this last night is they're hoping that people will say what they used the f word last night in star trek oh i gotta i gotta gotta check that out you know what what are they doing that is not what should be drawing people to star trek well i know but i'm just saying that that is what's happening 
That is what's yeah. happening, and I and I, I think it was it was terrible. Uh, let, let's yeah. move on. I can I can talk all about right. it all the time, but I just I yeah. I don't. It was not a good use of the f word. If they were going to right. do it, it was a poor choice. And I agree. Yeah. I agree. I I grieved the moment they said yeah. the f bomb because I knew I, deposit. I knew that this was something that I'm not going to be able to watch with my kids until they're much older than yeah. I was thinking they were going to have to be. I know. Yeah, I, I had to pause it and and sit for a second. I was like. Ugh. Okay. It limits the audience and they're doing other things in this, in this show, like you said, pushing the boundaries for the first time that I felt like that they would want to be seen by a, a a larger audience. Yep. But they, They doing this, consistently limiting themselves. Doing this, they're even, they're, they're, they're making that audience smaller and smaller. And I just was like, what, 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 why are you doing this? What are you doing it for? Who is this for? Sorry. All right. Let's. Because they can, because they can. Ugh. All right, so uh, we we get the the torture, which we've kind of already talked about. So I'll skip over that. But but the next thing is Laurel tortures Lorca by shining a bright light in his eyes. Um, De- important. Want, wanted to say there are four lights. Did you not yes, want I to? Yes, I thought that too. Melody, my <laughs> wife and I, both of us said that at almost the exact same time as soon as those lights came on. How many lights are there, Captain Lorca? <gasps> exactly. That would have been so oh, good. That would have been cool. Uh, and even just we've learned this from this species called the Cardassians. Like that would have just been cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, So uh, Saru, um, they get ready to to launch the discoveries mission and Michael Burnham uh, and uh, Stamets have, have turned off the spore drive because they're trying to figure out what to do. And um, they're, they're, you know, they're prepared by the way. It's not just, they're going on another mission. They are going to search for Lorca. It's, it's immediate. It's urgent. Um, Saru is in command. Uh, They have a direct, message from an admiral to say hey we have got to explore or explore we've got to search klingon space and then um saru comes in and figures out what, what they're doing um and he really rips into burnham for for her choice to well he would say that she went around him right um and and like essentially you know it was is another bit of mutiny but you know because that's what she does um is he is he wrong? Does he have a point for for berating her so much? Is he so? Is what she did we, so bad? We've already lays into her. We've already seen Saru begin to take his captainship very seriously, right? And I think what he's doing at this moment is analyzing every moment and wanting to make sure that what he does has the greatest benefit for the most people. And sure. also, he's following orders. He's been given yeah. an order. He wants to keep his crew safe. Yep. And he wants to make sure that he's able to follow through on what the Admiralty has told him to do. And so uh, he's he's trying to make the best choice he can with the information sure. that he has. So, yeah, yeah I, I think he has a right to be upset about what's what's happening here. But at the same time, he's not listening to the smart people in the room. And you have to you have to be able to balance as a captain. You have to be able to balance those two things. It may seem like it makes sense to go in one direction, but if all the smart people in the room are saying we need to think about this, yeah. you know, taking a moment to hear them is not a bad not a bad thing. Yeah, and and he does. He knows Michael Burnham. He knows who she is and how she thinks, and right. and on, that's both good and bad. He knows what she's capable of, right? And I I think and, and as we see, we're going to see later on. He he also knows how good she is. And I think he's threatened by that right. a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, we, we then uh, get back into Lorca. We're following the, you know, uh, Lorca's storyline. He is, he's just been um, tortured by having a light shown in his eyes. He 
figures out pretty quickly that mud has been feeding intel to the klingons yes. that he has been um so so uh Stuart, Mud's, Mud's gigantic bug that he keeps feeding, um, has a transmitter on his back and has been right. uh, he's been using that to feed uh, to feed the uh, information to the Klingons. And honestly, I laughed out loud, and I'm even right now just describing it <laughs> when when Lorca chucks Stuart across the room, <laughs> and Rain Wilson he just plays it so well, just Stuart, Stuart, <laughs> and he runs over to pick up the bug. I was like, okay, you know that does it. He's not he's not. Um, clownish like you know Roger Carmel was right. but he just has this earnest weirdness about him and I, I think it's great yes yeah <laughs> no I, I I totally I totally agree with you he, yeah. he does a pretty good job with that yeah and, and in this we get the the uh, explanation that Burnham or not the Burnham I'm sorry that Lorca um, jettisoned his uh, his crew he, he saved his crew as Lorca would put it he, he killed his crew to save them from torture right. on um, Kronos. Um, and this is mud muds, the one who, um, who knows about it. And I think that's, um, that's very telling in this, like, like we've already talked about, it's very telling in what mud mud may or may not know and how he's working with the Klingons. Um, but I think it actually brings up another question, which, which, which do we actually, now that I think about it, do we already talk about this? Um, we don't know why, why or how Lorca escaped from, um, his first, from his, his other ship, his first command. Yeah. No, it's weird. I, it, it, it came into my mind when, when I was rewatching it. We don't, that's weirder. I think that he, like, it would be fine if he self-destructed his ship, killing himself and his crew. Lorca escaped. Right. So what did he do? I mean, that, we're going to see more of this later, I think, but what did he do? Did he just push a button from a shuttlecraft or from an escape pod? Or Well, that's what I was saying is, is that we need to wait until we know why he did this, how he did yeah. this, because it may be more apparent that and we would be more forgiving in the circumstances of it. But as told in this episode, I think very cleverly, it seems as though he saved himself and blew up his crew. Yeah. If he could have escaped. That's true. We are being led to believe this thing about him. Yeah. I That's think the true. show is, is leading us that direction. I think we're yeah. being, we're being made to hate his character. This, this episode specifically makes me hate Lorca more than I did before almost in every way, shape or form, because obviously he killed his entire crew. Um, He, he did so and was able to escape. I mean, if he escaped, why couldn't more have escaped? You know what I mean? Like that doesn't make any sense. Somebody else should have escaped with him. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, yeah. I mean, why was he, theoretically? why did he not go down with his ship? What does he not value that? Does he think he is more important than the crew that he is with? Right. Obviously he, the, the circumstances are not as, as bad as we think simply because he has another command. So right. there, there there must be an explanation here someplace that we don't know that we're not privy to, but we're meant to believe he yeah. is, he's not a good guy that he makes poor decisions uh, and, you know, risks people's lives. Sure. Sure. And we see it later on in the episode when he leaves oh. mud behind, um, yeah. which I hadn't thought about until I read an article, but like, I think that that's, that is reprehensible. Um, so, oh man, it's huge, and and it led me that I was doing some some googling after that too because I was like, am I the only one that's really bothered by this? Like, yeah. he just ditched mud. Yeah, it, it's if that's again even a very twentieth century kind of a, a thing to do of just like, well, hey man, we were you you sold me out. I'm gonna leave you to the to the mercy of the Klingons. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to choose your own pain, and it's it's you now. Um, man, Lorca, you know Lorca and Tyler, we were slightly skipping ahead, but they they ditch mud who is a member of the Federation. He is, um, you know, 
he is a human and they are Klingons. There's no way Lorca should have ditched him. Right. At all. Right. I don't, it's, I agree. Yeah. Um, unless, yeah. unless he knows something that we don't, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, cause I think, I actually think also he could have just followed him out of the cell. Like he locked it. He like locked that cell pretty late but that's that's fine whatever yes um it almost I think seemed... mud would have been the first one out of the cell by the way i think he would have just been like all right see you guys see you later I'm, I'm leaving yeah yeah uh so we we get this uh you know another another quick um look over at the at the tardigrade we have um they saru orders another jump and the tardigrade um does it does the jump and then it reverts into cryptobiosis he it sheds all of its water it kind of shrivels up into it's like a hard shell yeah. of itself and, and just goes into hibernation essentially because it's been tortured so much. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, I think this is more pointed than in the last episode. I think it's, um, I think it's very Star Trek. Yeah. I think it's very Star Trek to have this happen and to, to bring up a big crisis. Um, we've seen this in a lot of other things, you know, the, the devil in the dark or many other Star Trek episodes. Uh, does it do anything better than what previous episodes have done or is it just more on the nose and less subtle? I like no kill. Eye I like whatever. all, I like all the tardigrade stuff. Um, I, do. I, I, I think, like it. I think it, it was actually quite enjoyable. In fact, I, I said while we were watching it, this feels like, like you were saying, this feels like star yeah. Trek. This feels yeah. more like star Trek than anything else. This yeah. trying to discover this creature has amazing powers. We were using it thinking that it wasn't being harmed. Now we realize that it is. It has reacted in such a way. Yep. Saru has been given orders. And now Saru wants that, that this 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 tardigrade who is being tortured and hurt uh, to be you know, brought back in any, by any means whatsoever to get Lorca back. And like, yep. so, you know, it's just that, that kind of conflict is amazing. You know what I mean? Like, yep. what should we do so. in order to do good? You know what I mean? Can we do bad to do good? Uh, yep. I think that's great. Those are all good questions. But I, yeah, it's it's not like it's it's revolutionary. It's not like it's anything that's like, oh, this is one of the best Star Trek episodes ever. It was more no. like, this feels more like the Star Trek I know asking these types of questions uh, that yeah. Discovery hasn't quite done yet. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think, well, it's going to lead to some, to just a, a really great moment. That is, it, I think it's a good solution that we would have seen in any other Star Trek episode. Sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah. So uh, Lorca and Tyler fight their way through the ship. They're, they're on their way out of, um, uh, out of the, the Klingon Raider. You know, yep. they've left mud behind Laurel, uh, goes after Tyler. Yeah. Now hang on um, a second though. So Tyler's got these, yeah. they've got these awesome Klingon weapons Ooh, yeah. and they're like, cool Klingon weapons. They're, they're like disintegrating Klingons yep. right and left. Bam, bam, oh, it's cool. bam, bam. You know what I mean? Tyler's a really good shot. He is a really good shot. Yep. Yeah. With the Klingon, with the Klingon disruptor. Uh, Wait, then, no, 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 no. He's a really good shot with a Klingon disruptor. And then, the oh. Laurel suddenly mm-hmm. he's not a good shot. What? What? Oh. How did that happen? Well, he's not the one. He's not the one that shoots. I don't know. He's not the one that shoots her. Okay. No, it's it, uh, Lorca's the one that shoots her. Okay. All right. All right. So Lorca's a bad shot then. Lorca is suddenly a bad shot. Yeah. Uh, and and okay. So let's say our Volk theory is correct. Okay. Let's say let's say that Tyler is yeah, Volk. Totally. Does Lorca know it? No. And is. No, or or at least suspect that he's a spy. He already would said. Would Lorca know that? He already he already suspects him as a spy. So would Lorca be bringing him back 
for a reason. No, like I with think Lorca intention unintentionally. I think he endeared himself to Lorca. I think Lorca has okay. a blind spot because he was self-sacrificing. Or well, I think he feels as though he was being tortured, uh, that sure. Laurel was abusing him, uh, yeah. and, and feels, you know, feels like, okay, you know, you're a Starfleet officer. I'm going to bring you back with me. Everything's going to be okay. So, sure. but yes, I do think, I do think he is going to keep his eye on him. Uh, and it's the first thing he said, you know, you're probably a spy or you're a, you know, you're in on it or something. I mean, that's one of the yeah. first things that, uh, that, uh, he said to, uh, to Tyler. So, yeah, but I, I think he's endeared himself to him and even more. So he may, there might be a little bit of a, a blind spot there. Yeah. I rewatching this. So I, I saw that theory in the middle of my rewatch. So I, you know, it's this last part of it. I had, I had that theory in the back of my head and it is they're They're doing a good job of misinformation where, where Tyler, you know, he, he and uh, Laurel fight in the, in the corridors yes. and you know, he, he starts pummeling her pretty hard. Although, you know, that's kind of cling on lovemaking anyway. So yeah. Mating I, ritual, man. Yeah. So I feel like, well, maybe there, he's just, yeah. <laughs> it's the last little bit of, of a, a fling before they go. It's the hug before they say goodbye <laughs> before they, she that's goes. right. Yeah. I, I think, and I love that she's going to be, you know, scarred. So, so, you know, um, Lorca shoots and, and wings her, you know, on the face, he grazes her on the face, which everybody else gets blasted into a green puff of smoke. Yes. Um, but she gets, she gets burned and she's going to be, you know, have cool angry scars. Yeah. And that'll be, that'll be neat to see. I think. I mean, here, here's the reason why this Volk thing works for me is that we've always seen Volk and Laurel together. Always. Yes. Always. And so yep. why is, why is he not, why is he not here? We, w- we would have gotten a scene. I think you're right. Um, unless we get some weird explanation that, you know, shoots a hole in all this where he's off with the matriarch somewhere. Um, uh, we've always had them together and there would have been a cut scene of them, um, you know, of her saying, well, I have this captain and, and I don't know what to do, whatever, you know, if that was the case. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. I, I, I'm very willing to go there with this. Yeah. I, I'm very happy. And me too. Yeah. Come on. So, Make it happen. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, they can, they can hear us. They know, they know. Um, so uh, we, now we get to the, the big part of, of the episode. And I, I really like this, um, this sacrifice. So, so uh, the Saru basically just says, um, you know, rehydrate the, the, the tardigrade. He needs to be plugged back into the spore drive. You're doing this. We're following our orders. And then they jump and we yeah. think, okay, well, so Stamets, cause Stamets says, okay, I'll do it. Yes. And then we, we get down um, to engineering. We go back down to engineering because Stamets isn't responding and we find him on the ground with puncture wounds in his side. And he has plugged He's injected himself with the, the DNA um, enhancer and he is you know bleeding on the ground. Yes. And that to me was the most Star Trek thing that discover has done yet. Yeah. Um, somebody it, it's, it's very much Spock in the, you know, with the Genesis device sure. kind of a thing, you know, it's, it made me as much as I've been complaining about Stamets writing this, it made me really like him more as a character. Right. Um, at least. And I think, I think it was fantastic. Um, and he even wakes up and, and what does he, I don't even know what he says. He says something like, it, it, did we make it? Uh, and then he starts cackling madly. Right. It's actually really eerie. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I see him yeah. as the mad scientist though. I mean, you see, totally. you see it as self-sacrifice, I think it's more for him. What's well, a little bit of both? Yeah, I think I think more for him. It was a little like 
I have no idea. I don't want to hurt this tardigrade. I agree. I, he agrees with that. But I also think it's important that we know if we can make this thing work without right. it. Um, so now and he's always, we found out in his first episode, he's always wanted to communicate with his spores. Right. That's true. <laughs> that's true. And he did. This is, that's, yeah, there it is. So I think, yeah, it, it is a little bit of both of those things. He, he wanted to do yeah. the self-sacrifice thing a little bit, but more so he's just a crazy mad scientist who's more than willing to hurt himself in the pursuit yeah. of uh, proving his theory. So sure. Yeah, this is in, in a lot of ways. This is very much like any other movie where you know at the very last minute he injects himself with the virus to right. to save the people or whatever. Right. Um, so, but he is, he uh, he survives. It doesn't seem yeah. like with any kind of lasting effect. Uh, we'll see. Uh, or or oh, does oh, it yeah, seem yeah, without yeah. any lasting I, effect? I said seemingly uh, like any lasting it's effect. Me. All right. Uh, so we get one more dynamic scene between um, between Burnham and Saru. They are. Um, <clears throat> pardon me um they are within they're in um i think her quarters saru comes there and and they make up i i think oh, i think saru and and burnham have i i would not say my favorite I, I i think there are still some relationships that i i certainly like above theirs but they are certainly my favorite relationship in discovery and they're easily they're quickly rising to the top of of all, my favorite relationships in all of star trek um whoa not they are not at the top but they're rising there just because it is it feels so real um they are a an estranged brother and sister yeah who lost their mother yeah and you know oh it's it's so brilliant um and we find out the reason he's been so hard on her is he's jealous of her right yeah you know i agree yeah that's good it, it, it's it's a, it's a good moment it's it's a good character building moment yeah, yeah, I, I think they did a very good job with the scene. The actors are fantastic. Look, yeah, the uh, Doug Jones who plays Saru is just really great. Uh, He's so good. He embodies this character. It is just as iconic as any other yeah. character in in Star Trek. Um, so I, I'm I'm enjoying that. I really am. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it's 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 a very good relationship that has a lot of depth and a lot of places yeah. that it can go. So it feels like a seven year long relationship. You know, it, sure. it does, yeah. it's not quick uh, and, and, and shallow. Um, they even, we talked about the height difference before too, when he's you know really ripping into her, uh, you see her face and she, her, she yeah. has this, you know, she's basically leaning her head all the way back and you can only see, I don't even think you can see his combat. You know, he's, uh, he's towering over her when he's angry. Yes. And you get, wow, he's, he's actually a little bit intimidating for a real thin dude yes. at six, eight or nine or whatever it is. Yep. Um, that's intense. That would be, that's cool. It works well. Uh, I think it was too on the nose that she gave him the, the telescope. I, I, I predicted it the moment he walked in there. I was like, Oh, he's, she's giving him the telescope. Yeah, but, I didn't. Whatever. That, that seemed yeah. like, um, them trying to be sentimental just to be, to, yeah. to, 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 to it was making peace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's fine. Whatever. I just, it, yeah, you're right. It, it, Number one, she hadn't had it long enough for it to mean anything. Like, no. I mean, obviously, obviously, it was Georgios, right? So that's fine. But she didn't want it. I mean, that's that's a reminder of her crime. Right. You know, <laughs> that's she didn't true. want it. So yeah, I it does it did feel still not quite like this is something important to me that I'm now giving to you because yeah. I realize that our relationship is you know at a at a you know a, a juncture and needs to take whatever. It just you're right. It it seemed a little too sentimental just to be sentimental. Yeah. 
So then uh, Burnham and Tilly go. Well, sorry, he gives her he gives her permission. He says that you know that is uh, I want you to. What does he say? Um, we have no claim on on the tardigrade's soul if he's a sentient species. Right. I want you to go save its life. Right. And so, uh, so she and Tilly um, go uh, stand in the the lab and they launch the the tardigrade into space with some spores, where it um, where it then you know zaps itself away. Yeah. Um, I I really loved. I, I wrote this quote down. I love the quote that that Tilly is saying. Um, it, it's definitely a funeral that they're giving it. She says. Uh, may the sun and moon watch your comings and goings in the endless nights and days that are before you. Mm. Um, which she's actually paraphrasing Psalm 121 as close as I can say. They, I think instead of the sun, the sun and moon, it's, it is God in, in Psalm 121. But I, I really like that phrase. It, even if it's if changed a little bit, I think it's, it's really, hmm. it was impactful yeah. in a nice way. Um, the only thing that took, it took me out of it a little bit is somehow they can see uh, through the little tiny hole that they zapped him out of, they can see him, um, you know, wake back up and zap himself away. Um, and they, cause they're, they're staring up out, out into space through this tiny little porthole and like laughing, you know, joyously at, at him. Right. At the tardigrade leaving, but that's true. It's fine. Yeah. I, I, I didn't it, think about that. I guess it was just one of those, um, you know, suspension of disbelief, uh, moments. Yeah. You just got to give it, you know, I didn't notice it the first time at all. And then the second time I was like, Oh, that's a tiny little hole that they're seeing <laughs> out of, uh, in in the dark of space, but I guess they could maybe see the big blue flash of light. Right, right. So, um, and and my oh my other reaction was I think Lorca is going to be so mad <laughs> that <laughs> that they just launched the tardigrade away. Like, which and because in the first scene when when he's with the Starfleet command, they're like, we need to find more of these yeah. creatures. Like, their Starfleet is on a quest to yep. farm these things. I think they call them their most valuable asset. Yes. Too, you know, and they just chucked them into space. I think it's great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think Saru is going to be in some trouble uh, with, yep. with this. Oh, maybe this is how Burnham becomes first officer. Oh, you know? what? That, that, oh man, <laughs> whatever. Oh, all right. So then we get, I, I, I can't believe we haven't gotten to this yet. It, it, this is the thing. Yes. This is the thing. Uh, okay. Culver and Stamets. So, so we are. I did it's not. Revealed that Col- oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, what do you think you're about to say? Go ahead. No, you do it. Go for it. What no, you, I just did, I didn't realize that they were a couple. I, I, I had oh, suspected no. that they were, but I did too, or that they would be. I actually think it was that they would be a couple, but right. Um, yes, eventually. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's revealed that they are a long time couple. They apparently have been together sure. for a while, which, yeah. and it, it does make more sense now. That I'm going to say, go ahead. did they reveal that? By the way, I think they didn't, but that's. Wait, what? Say that again. How? What? I. This is maybe crazy. Okay, so so I'm I, I I see the normal reading this, and then now we have the Tyler reading of this. So so just take this with whatever it is. Okay. Uh, so we re- they realized you know they're sitting there brushing their teeth with really cool sonic toothbrushes, awesome, um, and they uh, yeah it's revealed that they um, they're together and that they are uh, that this whole thing of um, like Culver earlier on says like I can't get Stamets to listen to me ever in any way. It's um, that that's kind of a show that they put on for everybody else so that, you know, they're keeping their relationship. It seems like they're keeping their relationship on the down low or maybe everybody, I don't maybe think just so. Burnham doesn't know about it. I, I don't know if that's even the case. I think it's just more of the fact that like everybody, everybody knows they're just, it's just a workplace. Yeah. It's a workplace uh, relationship. Sure. Sure. Um, well, so if so, this is my reading of it then. Okay. I think, Okay, so let me just, I'll read, this is a summary. I'll, I'll read what happens and then we'll get into my theory. Okay. So uh, uh, Stamets and Culver are talking about, you know, that they, um, he had to do it because Culver would have left him if he had uh, continued to harm the tardigrade. 
and um and he's you know culver is still asking him like are you sure you're okay he's even scanning him with a medical tricorder at the beginning to yes. see if he's still okay yeah um so culver leaves the mirror or leaves leaves the bathroom that they're in yes goes off into the other room stamets uh says yeah i'm okay and then turns away and walks out but his reflection is left in the mirror right smiling real creepily by the way um in at us i think so i think that we that that is the mirror universe right and that like, uh, quite literally in the mirror is the mirror quite universe. quite literally yeah. in the mirror which goes along with the whole alice in wonderland thing um yes uh i think that that was in his head or in the mirror universe and that the mirror reflection is real stamets and that that conversation was either in his head or it was in mirror universe I could be completely wrong and just going like so super what, Col conspiracy Col theory. Culver doesn't exist. Is that what you're saying? No, no, that he does exist, but that they are not in a relationship yet in our universe. Or yeah, that's what I think. Uh, I could be completely insane. Yeah, I'm not sure I can buy I into that. But okay, all right. I I just think in the other universe, Culver doesn't exist. Culver's not there. Yeah, and and that is fully actually. I I do like that one just as much. I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah. if it's that way. So you're we so we are in agreement that the mirror universe. Oh yes, that one way or the other, we're seeing the mirror. That universe could not that. be any more clear. I don't yeah, think. Yeah. I Once mean, again, on the nose. So it's the mirror. It's a, a literal mirror. Oh man, yeah. No, I thought that was a neat moment though. I was like, okay, all right. So we're getting a sting or a setup for the next for the next episode. That's great. I'm I'm ready. Yeah. I'm I'm ready to dive in. I'm just afraid that we're not going to get back to that for a while. Um, yeah. Well. There, there's been. Mm. Okay, I uh, get you can cut this out if I, if you don't want to reveal this, or actually you tell me if you want me to tell you. There's been a spoiler revealed. Freaks, Freaks revealed a spoiler not long ago. Okay, all right. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, we're going to talk a little bit about some unconfirmed spoilers from Jonathan Freaks, who is directing. Who's, yeah. Uh, so he's directing a, a no, another episode of Discovery. Okay, Tyler. Uh, what's I'm gonna, the scoop? I'm gonna see if I can find it. I okay, so it's been it's been said. Uh, so this is like every, everybody. I, Io9 said this. Sci-fi.com, Trek News. So this is not uh, crazy. Um, so Jonathan Frakes. I'm going to try and read a quote if I can find it here. Okay, so it happened at a panel. Um, it happened at a panel that that somebody was at, and so people started tweeting about it. It said. Uh, Frakes just revealed that uh, that Star Trek CBS will be doing or uh, Star Trek Discovery will be doing a Mirror Universe episode. Right. Um, and so obviously we knew that that was happening. Yes. Um, that's so. So this isn't tiny little news. And, and this maybe I made this a bigger spoilery deal than we than we thought. But it, it certainly confirms this whole Mirror Universe thing. Yeah. Um, and that it's coming. Yes. But I think I think it, the the question remains is how you know how is it there? I, I think truly Stamets, he says something. I can't remember if it's it must be to Culver there. He says you know now that I've seen this you know this network of of spores and all this other stuff, I see all the endless possibilities. Yeah, and and that's what leads me to believe that actually that's not what's happening right there. Uh, like, so he, that, that is all going on in, in his head or in the mirror universe itself. And in this endless possibilities thing is mirror universe stuff. Yeah. I, I guess I, I, my, for me, I just see it a little more simply in that he, when he crossed over, he, yeah, he just saw it. He's, he's seen 
all the different parallel universes or, yeah. or was a, made aware of them anyway. Right. And so one of those parallel universes are, or was one that we're going to be visited by or go visit or, you know, obviously one of these jumps discovery is going to cross over into another parallel right. mirror universe. And then we'll get the, what is it? The Terran, uh, Terran empire, empire yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Which so. in its earlier form, although at this point, you know, we've, uh, enterprise went into the mirror universe too. And, um, Actually, those episodes were some of the best that Enterprise ever did. It was real cool. And we get Empress Hoshi, which is which is sweet. Um, I think we'll we'll have to figure out how how that all works, you know, because we're in this anyway, we're in this different time period. Um you you seem to hint earlier though that that this may be their Abrams verse thing so this is their kelvin timeline that have we all have we been in the mirror universe for a while now right well but see here's the thing like we act as though like the mirror universe is one that's one specific parallel universe right oh that there might be more right so this could be which there would be if if they're going with their the whole multiverse theory so this could be what we're we're experiencing right now discovery and the klingon war and all this stuff may just be a parallel universe to what's actually happening that we're uh, familiar with with TOS. And at some point, you know, we cross over into that universe and, you know what I mean? Like, so there, there could be, because again, like this is so close, not only are they traveling through space and time, but now it seems as though through dimensions as well. So they might be able to, you know, warp, whatever they call this spore drive movement. They need to find a good name for it. Yeah, exactly. Go isn't working or spore. Spore, spore nine. Uh, So yeah, who knows? Who knows? This might just be a parallel universe we've been in this entire time. And so, you know. That would solve, I mean, it solves, it does, it deals with all the canon problems. Yeah. Once again, you know, and and hey, if it's that, I'm down. Yeah. Great. No, me too. I, I agree. So anyway, that's that, that that's that was my only thought is that if we're introducing the fact that there are parallel universes that there are, you know, infinite possibilities, then yeah. this could be one of those infinite possibilities and what sure. happens here is not necessarily impactful on what happens in TOS. Yeah, I I agree. So I'm I'm curious to see what they do and and I they certainly hook you with that last shot. Yeah. You can't deny that. It hooks you. Totally. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm wanting to know what happened. What's going on? Right. What, 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 what is going to be the next, uh, the next, uh, the next episode? So I'm down. I'm yeah. ready. There, there are definitely some huge stumbles in this episode, but I think, uh, maybe just maybe they can, uh, redeem themselves, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, this episode gave me more, uh, Oh moments than any yeah. previous episode. Uh, more yep. kind of guttural just oh mm-hmm. uh why but also yep. this episode introduced some really interesting concepts like Volk uh possibly being Oof. Ryan possibly this whole mirror universe deal yep. all those concepts mud. yeah mud all those things i found very interesting the core concepts were interesting yep. the stuff that they're trying to add onto it to make this more uh, you know, edgy or geared towards a more mature audience. All that stuff I think is garbage and I wish they would just, you know, yeah. get rid of it and, and focus on the stuff that actually matters. Yeah, I can, com- I completely agree. Uh, and I think this was in, in many ways, like you just said, in many ways, this is 
a really great episode. Yes. Um, and then in other ways, it's just they're adding this distracting extra stuff. I agree. So Yeah, totally. Well, that brings us to the end. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, as, as always, everybody, you know, please join in with us on, on our conversation on Twitter. We're pretty active there, a little bit less active than we maybe should be on Facebook, but, um, but we'll try. And uh, the big thing I really wanted to direct everybody to the, the interview that we had last week with Keith DeCandido. Yes. It was a pleasure. It was really awesome to do and, and listen to that. You get some good, weird inside Trek stuff. Yes. And, and good insight from a, a guy who's been in that world for a long time. So um, we've got, uh, Oh, we've got another interview coming up very soon. We won't tell you anything more about it other than to, to just say it's going to be really cool. I think. All right. Live long and prosper everybody.